Everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Caroline Talks. This is the podcast slash YouTube channel where I, your host, Caroline Hines, film critic and journalist, speak to film creatives around the world about their work, the industry, and what inspires them. And today I'm joined by South Korean director and writer Kwakun Mi to talk about her feature film, A Tour Guide, which screened at this year's New York Asian Film Festival. And I'm so happy to have a chance to meet her. Thank you for joining me today. <laughs> 여러분 함께 해주셔서 너무 감사합니다. Thank you. So uh, my first question for you um, is about the inspiration for this film because we generally don't get a lot of films not only about um, North Korean defectors living in South Korea but we also don't really get stories from the female perspective. So talk first about your inspiration for this film and centering it around a female character who is the character of Uh, Hanyong. 제 주변에 탈북민 분들이 있지도 않아서 이 이야기를 시작한다는 거에서 처음부터 좀 많이 조심스럽다고 생각을 하고 있었고요. 그래서 선뜻 엄두가 나지 않았었는데 당시에 제가 지하철을 탔는데 제 앞에 여성 두 분이 앉아 계셨고 어, 남한어를 한국어로 하고 계셨는데 굉장히 좀 어색하고 그래서 그 낯선 언어로 두 분이 막 얘기를 나누면서 핸드폰으로 막 셀카를 찍고 있었어요. 그래서 그 모습을 보는데 너무나 이 지하철에서 사실 이렇게 셀카를 많이 찍진 않잖아요. 음. 너무나 관광지 오신 것처럼 즐겁게 두 분이 낯선 한국어로 막 얘기하시는데 그 모습을 보면서 제 영화 속의 한영 캐릭터와 그의 친구인 정미 만약에 우리 주변에 탈북민 여성분들이 20대 탈북민 여성분들이 많이 있을 수 있을 것 같다 이렇게 그리고 내 앞에 계신 분들도 그분들이 아닐까라고 생각하면서 그 너무 즐거운 한때를 보내고 있는 두 여성분들을 보면서 이 이야기를 시작하고 싶다고 생각했습니다. 그럼 그두 여성분들도 이제 탈북민이었던 건가요? 아니면 어, 그건, 그건 아니고 어쩌면 탈북민일 수도 있고 어, 중국 동포일 수도 있고 음, 왜냐하면 환경과도 사투리가 비슷하거든요. 음. 그쪽에 중국 동포들이 하시는 네. 언어랑 비슷해서 그럴 수도 있다고 생각해요. 음. 여쭤보지는 않았지만 어, 그두 분이 입고 있었던 의상이 계절에 좀 맞지 않는 음. <웃음> 그래서 샤랄라 원피스를 입고 계셨는데 이 굉장히 이방인의 느낌이 났었고 음. Um, so, first of all, I just want to clarify that I am not a defector, and I don't know anyone in my um, in my life who is an actual defector. So, when I started this project, I was at first very careful because I didn't have any first-hand experience or any second-hand experience for that matter, and so I was kind of hesitant to touch on this subject, but... Um, there was 
an incident when I was sitting on the subway and across from me, I saw two women who were sitting and taking selfies of themselves. And they were speaking in a sort of um, a Korean dialect that I hadn't really heard of. It was a very interesting Korean dialect. And, um, you know, like it's, it's rare to see, you know, people take selfies in the subway because it's not such a, you know, it's not a very like touristy area or anything, mm. but they were taking selfies and having a really great time. And I think from that image, um, the story of Hanyong and Tongmi, um, women in their 20s who have defected from North Korea, I suddenly felt that there must be quite a bit of, quite a few people who are in their 20s who have defected. And, you know, the people sitting across from me could very well be people from North Korea. I would like to clarify that I wasn't, I never was able to confirm whether or not they were from North Korea, but their accent um, sounded that like they could have come from China, that they could have come um, from the Hamgyong province, which um, the dialect is very similar to North Korean mm. dialects. So, so yeah, it just, I think that sort of spurred my imagination. And another thing that made them stand out for me was that they were wearing um, clothes that didn't fit the season at the time. Um, so it really gave out off feelings of them being outsiders. And so I think that's where the story started from. Mm, um, I think it's interesting that you got the idea for the for the film from just watching two young girls interacting because uh, me being an immigrant myself, um, I always I'm always fascinated by these kind of stories because there's different types of immigrant stories. You know, like every story isn't exactly the same. And this story, there's Han Young and you mentioned her friend um, Jung Mi, but also her brother um, In, um, In Hyuk. Uh, they are immigrant stories, you know, and these are stories that we need to get a different perspective on because especially for people who don't really understand the cultural and also the familiar implications of the separation of Korea into the North and into the South.
제외하면 2만 7천 여분 정도가 한국에 있을 것으로 추정이 된다고 해요. 그러면 사실은 어쨌든 그렇게 적지 않은 인원이 또 있으신 건데 실제로 제가 만난 적이 없다는 사실이 제 스스로도 되게 놀라웠거든요. 그러면 어쩌면 가까이 있을 수도 있다. 그리고 생각보다 어 이걸 제가 제 저도 못 만나봤다는 사실이 이게 너무 방치되어 있는 게 아닌가 관심을 갖고 있는 게 맞을까 또 남한 사회가 그러니까 어, 탈북민 개인에 대해서요 정치적인 부분이 아니라 그래서 그 부분에 대해서 제 자신도 그렇고 너무 무관심한 상태에 방치되어 있는 게 아닌가 이런 생각이 되게 많이 들었어요. 네. 이제 이민의 경험은 없지만 제가 뭐 영화제 상영이나 뭐 이런 것 때문에 해외에 이렇게 많이 간건 아니지만 특수한 경험이 한번 있었는데 그 세자르 영화제에서 하는 어떤 투어 프로그램이었어요. 거기에서 이제 300개 어, 외국인 친구들을 만났는데 거기서 이제 언어나 이런 소통들이 쉽게 되지 않잖아요. 이제. 음. 거기서 이민자의 마음을 또알것 같기도 하다라고 음. 하겠더라고요. 초기에, 초기에 음. 언어라든가, 문화라든가, 이런 것들이 달랐을 때 오는 어떤 고립감? 음. 이런 게 심정적으로 많이, 어, 공감이 되었고, 음. 한 가지만 더 말씀드리면, 제가 이제 영화를 만들다 보니까, 이렇게, 어떤 세계로 진입되어 있는 느낌이 들지가 않아서 계속 계속 이렇게 떠도는 느낌이 들었어요. 어디 조직에 소속되어 있거나 음. 그러니까 이런 것이 아니어서 음. 계속 안착하지 못하는 느낌? 음. 만드시면서? 네, 네. 그, 그 이야기를 쓰면서 그러니까 음. 이민자의 마음 그런 식으로 제가 이해를 했던 것 같아요. 제가 해외에 갔었을 때 고립됐던 경험이라든가 제가 한국 사회에서 영화감독으로서 이렇게 안착되어 있지 않은 음. 떠도는 느낌? 음. 뭔가 이런 것들이 다 이렇게 한 대로 모아져서 이민자의 마음이 어떨까를 많이 생각했던 것 같아요. 음. 경험은 없지만. 그래서 만들고 싶었던 것 같아요. 음. So, I think it's interesting you say that because, you know, always because you know i'm from south korea i've always looked into north korean you know politics and whatnot with you know i give that my attention mm -hmm. but i think apparently according to um reports there's about 27,000 um north korean de defectors who are living in korea And when you think about that number, that is quite a few people. It's not as little as you think. But the fact that I never met any of them sort of surprised me. And I think my thinking went to the thread of they may be closer in our lives than we think they are. And I almost felt like there wasn't enough attention paid to these people who are living here who have, like you said, immigrated from North Korea, not, 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 I'm not talking about attention in like a political way, but more in a personal way. Um, I think the subject and the people who left their lives to come here is sort of met with apathy um, at the moment. And for me, I'd like to say, even though, you know, I don't have the experience of 
immigrating to a different country or a different place. I think I was able to feel a little bit of that. I went to the Cesar Festival um, recently, and there they had um, an event where, you know, people from all over the world were coming together and talking and chatting. And I really felt, I think I really got a taste of what it feels to be an immigrant, maybe in the early stages of immigration, because, you know, the communication due to, you know, language and culture barriers, I felt that, you know, the the difficulty of communication and a sense of isolation that came from just feeling that. And so I think that experience and also myself while I was writing this film, I think I constantly had the sensation of just sort of flo floating around in the margins now, not being able to belong anywhere um, specifically. And I think all of those experiences and feeling of not belonging, those sort of culminated in the making of this movie. Mm, yeah, I, you mentioned like the loneliness and the feeling of floating along. I really did get that sense in the film, especially with how the cinematography was done um, and the music and as well, of course, um, Esau's performance. And the thing that really stuck, sticks out for me is how and it's like, and it's something that's said in a discussion between Han Yong and Jung Mi is that well, you can you can be around people who look like you, you know, but you still feel like an outsider, especially for them because of the situation, the political situation between North and South Korea. But also, like there is the cultural differences, like though they're in the same country, essentially, there's still such a wide um, disparity with regards to culture. You know, the language is different. Like you said, you could you can pick up the, the, the differences in the language. And it's not just a regional dialect. It's that the language has changed over time, especially for South Korea, because there's more like loan words, you know, more influence in English and vernacular in, in um, Hangul. And then, of course, there's the integration, a lot of Western and other um, and like Latin and other um, influences from other countries. Whereas these girls like um, Han Young and Jungmi, like they're still trying to acclimate, just moving away from home. But they have all of this other stuff that they need to get used to, you know, and that's very hard. And I think you do such a fantastic job of conveying that sense of loneliness, like you can feel isolated even around people who look like you, even around people who are from your own country. ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっ
그래서 그 영화를 이제 시나리오를 저는 이제 한번 쓰고 나서 어, 탈북민 분들을 만나기 시작했어요. 그래서 인터뷰를 하기 시작했는데 그 전에는 그냥 뉴스 기사나 유튜브에 굉장히 탈북민 분들이 유튜브를 또 많이 하세요. 그래서 어, 각자 다양한 또 상황이지만 공통된 어떤 상황. 감정 이야기들을 많이 하시는데 그걸 참고해서 우선 시나리오를 초고로 쓴 다음에 음. 탈북민 분들을 이제 만났는데 여성 탈북민 분들이었고 최근에 온 20대 젊은 탈북민 여성분이랑 음. 10년 전에 오신 한 30대 그러니까 20대 후반 30대 초반에 음. 30대 초반인 탈북민 분 이렇게 젊은 여성분들이었는데 음. 이 언어라든가 그로 인해서 적응하지 못한다 이 부분을 저도 그렇게 생각하진 않았었는데 음. 그두 분이 이제 다 말씀해 주셨던 게 특히나 30대 초반 분이 이제 카페 아 베이커리에서 알바를 하더라도 빵집에서 알바를 하더라도 음. 단어 하나하나 다 무슨 말인지 몰라서 음. 그게 무슨 빵 종류라든지 이게 음. 다 너무 영어 외래어가 너무 음. 많아서 한국어에 음. 음. 영어라든가 이런 게 너무 많아서 그 거기서 이제 너무 충격이었고 뭐 그런 거 하나하나 적응하는 게 너무 새로 아이가 언어를 연습하듯이 음. 시작해야 되는 거였대요. 그래서 그거에 대한 서러움과 음. 힘듦이 되게 많으셨나 봐요. 그래서 음. 그걸 굉장히 많이 얘기를 해주셨고 물론 20대 탈북민 분은 어린 나이에 스무 살에 왔기 때문에 유학하듯이 음. 한국에 온 거예요. 어, 다 10대부터 어머니가 계속 너는 한국에 가야 된다. 나만에 가야 된다라고 계속 얘기를 하셨대요. 음. 그래서 살, 살면 안 된다. 음. 그래서 당연하게 남한으로 20살에 왔기 때문에 유학하듯이 와봤어서 음. 그 친구는 적응을 빨리 했어요. 대학교를 빨리 음. 가서. 30대 초반 그분도 대학교를 나오긴 했지만 어쨌든 세대나 시대적인 어떤 상황에 의해서 좀 그리고 개인적인 어떤 것도 있겠죠. 그래서 음. 차이가 존재하는 것 같은데 언어적인 부분에 대해서 특히나 이제 많이 얘기를 해주셔서 거기서부터 어려움의 시작이다 생각보다 이게 음. 남한어랑 북한어랑 되게 같은 말 같고 되게 쉽게 그 문제에 부딪힐 거라고 생각을 안 하나 봐요. 그런데 음. 이제 그게 전혀 그렇지 않다는 거죠. 음. 그런 그렇지 않은데다가 남한 사회에서 뭐에 대해 탈북민에 대한 어떤 배려라든가 음. 이런 게잘 되어 있지 않았나 봐요. 네, 일단 여기까지 하겠습니다. 네. After writing the script, I started interviewing actual defectors from North Korea. Before doing that, um, while I was writing this first draft, um, there's actually a lot of North Korean defectors who are YouTubers. So mm. I was able to sort of refer to that in my initial writing of the script. And then after I had a first draft, I was able to interview some people. And the people who stick out to mind, one is was a woman in her 20s, I would say like early 20s. And then there was another woman who was, I think maybe in her early 30s, who had defected uh, 10 years ago from North Korea. And you mentioned the language barrier, and that's what I—that's what struck me the most too. What they were talking about, because um, the one in her 30s, even when she was like, say, working at a bakery, she had such difficulty because she just could not understand a lot of the words that they were saying. For example, like um, the types of breads. A lot of the types of breads, they're 
the words that we use in South Korea is based on English words. So there, she just had so much difficulty um, even processing, you know, those words. And it really came as a shock to her, I think. And she almost had to start over and like, as if she was, as if she were learning a new language almost. Um, for the woman in her early 20s, she almost came to South Korea as if she were studying, doing like a study abroad program. Because I think from her teenage years, her parents repeatedly told her that she had to go to South Korea. And so in her mind, she came here early. And I think, you know, she came here early on and went to college here in South Korea. And so um, I'm thinking maybe she was able to adjust a bit more easily. But I think it's interesting to see even with the same, not the same, but with like each and every North Korean defector, there are differences in the speed of adjusting. You know, um, there could be, it could be because of the, the difference in generations and also the difference in, um, you know, like personal traits and style. Um, and I think, but both of them, I think they really struggled with not having many resources to help them in that transition process and really having that difficulty with language. Mm, um, you talked about the transition process and that is something I want us to talk about. And like, for me, I always talk about this. I moved to Canada from Barbados in 2009. So I was 26 years old. I was an adult. I had a full life. I had established relationships with friends, families, acquaintances, work and that kind of stuff. But um, just moving from just the process of the thought of having to move takes a lot of work emotionally and mentally to prepare yourself because you have to prepare all these documents, but then you have to prepare yourself to actually move to a completely different country. And in the case of while I was watching the film, I kept thinking like not only for like North Korean defectors, um, either whether they move to South Korea or to China or, or, or go to Southeast Asia, like a lot of people don't realize that um, defectors only go to South Korea, you know, they go to other, they go to China, they go to Southeast Asian countries, but also like for people like refugees, like there is the whole, there's a point you have to tell yourself, okay, I'm actually going to do this, but then the whole steps of the process and for North Koreans, everything is illegal, you know, it's not like for me, we're right, I already had Canadian citizenship. For them, they have to worry about being caught, you know, about by the traders, you know, by there's the for women in particular, there's a possibility of being sold into sex slavery or being sold to um um to Chinese. Cause I was doing some research, like there's the a lot of like defectors are mostly women. I think the statistics was around 90%. They have that added um threat to them, you know, the the self being sexually exploited. But then once you do successfully that um, um, defect, you have to worry about being watched by the government. You have to worry about possibly people, the people they meet, betraying them. So all, there's all this, there's so much that they have to think about. And in the film, like how important was it to you to make sure that you conveyed all of these concerns that these that these people have to go through in the film? Because I think you get that across very well, like showing the emotional and mental cost of being a defector. 방금 말씀하신 이제 그 이제 적응 과정 이제 그거에 대해서 말씀을 드리고 싶은데 저 같은 경우도 사실 2009년에 26세 바베이도스 섬을 떠나서 캐나다로 이민을 갔었거든요. 근데 이게 
영화에서도 굉장히 잘 드러나지만 물론 이제 뭐 서류나 뭐 그런 음. 그렇게 준비를 할 것도 많지만 사실 굉장히 감정적으로 소요되는 아. 감정적인 그 파동이라고 해야 되나 네. 그런 게 굉장히 심하다고 느꼈는데 어, 탈북민 같은 경우에도 이제 남한으로 이제 탈그 탈북을 하는 거든 중국도이나 동남아로도 이제 가는 탈북민들 있잖아요. 근데 또 아. 제가 생각하고 느끼기에는 탈북민이 이제 탈북을 하는 모든 과정이 사실상은 불법이잖아요. 그렇기 때문에 거기에서 또 굉장히 감정적인 대가를 엄청 많이 치러야 하는 게 아닌가라고 생각이 드는데 특히나 제가 조사를 한 바에 의하면 은 탈북민의 90%는 여성이라고 맞아요. 알려져 있는데 근데 어 여성이기 때문에 더더욱 인신매매 쪽으로도 넘어가는 위험성도 훨씬 다분하고 네네. 이제 뭐 성매매 쪽으로 이제 이제 가는 그런 위험성도 있고 또뭐 이제 안전하게 이제 탈북을 했다고 쳐도 정부 감시를 받고 그런 정말 너무 여러 가지 감정적으로 이제 뭐지 이제 치러야 하는 그게 네. 너무 큰것 같아서 네. 이제 그런 거는 이제 그런 과정은 감독님이 이제 촬영을 하시면서 또는 이제 작업을 하시면서 얼마나 이제 잘 구현을 하기 위해서 노력을 하셨는지 제가 보기에는 그런 부분들이 그런 감정적인 대가들이 너무 잘 드러나 있는 것 같은데 이제 어떤 생각을 하고 네, 저도 이제 영화를 만들면서도 중요하게 생각했던 부분이 그 탈북의 과정이라든가 거기서 이제 그 과정에서 느끼게 되는 뭐 감정적인 상황적인 어떤 이야기들이 굉장히 많잖아요. 음. 그분들을 어떻게 드러낼 것인가에 대한 고민이 컸거든요. 이 영화를 만들 때. 음. 근데 중요하게 생각했던 철칙은 그러니까 남한 사회에서 그 탈북민 분들의 그런 과정 속의 이야기들은 굉장히 많이 이야기를 해주고 계세요. 그래서 음. 그거를 영화에서 반복해서 드러내기보다는 그것은 오히려 배제하고 어한 남한에서 정착하면서 걷게 되는 20대 여성의 탈북민들의 그런 감정적인 상황이 물론 훨씬 더 힘들겠지만 어한 지금 남한 사회에 살고 있는 20대 또 다른 20대 여성들 또그 만만치 않은 또 일반적인 상황에서의 공감할 수 있는 집하기 힘들다든지 거기서 또 다시 떠돌아야 된다든지 뭐 이런 상황들이 좀 비슷하거든요. 그래서 물론 훨씬 더 힘들지만 탈북민 어 그래서 그 부분에 조금 더 집중을 해서 남한 사람들이 봤을 때 공감될 수 있는 이야기를 더 하고 싶었거든요. 음. 말씀하신 부분이 보통의 이민자의 삶과 탈북민의 삶은 분명히 다른 것 같아요. 그리고 어 제가 인터뷰를 했을 때 말씀하셨던 어떤 탈북민 분 중에 한 분도 지금은 물론 또잘 사시고 계신 것 같거든요. 근데 이제 그 당시에 인터뷰했을 때는 예, 다시 남북한으로 돌아가고 싶다, 돌아갈 수만 있다면, 뭐, 이제. 음. 네, 이제 탈북하, 그런 말씀을 하실 정도로 남한 사회에서 어쨌든 적응하기가 많이 힘드셨던 것 같고. 네, 일단 여기까지. 네, 네. Um, so it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, and of course the process of defecting itself, it brings up so many emotions. And I think my initial um, concern and, and worry was how do I convey that 
effectively. But when you look into the discourse in South Korea currently, there is already a lot of discourse that deals with what that emotionally entails, the all the you know illegal processes that are entailed in defecting from North Korea. And so for me, I kind of wanted to put my focus more on what these defectors were actually going through once they were in South Korea. Because, you know, I mean, of course, defectors have it a lot more worse, but, you know, as defectors in their 20s trying to find a job or get employed, a lot of it, I feel like they share a lot of concerns and worries that, you know, South Koreans in their 20s or 30s are dealing with today. And I felt that really illuminating that part would, you know, help South Koreans feel more connected with what they were going through and feel more empathetic because it wasn't that different from what they were going through. Um, I remember in another, because I definitely feel like being a defector and just a straight up person who's immigrated to another country that is, you know, of a different experience. Um, I remember in one of my interviews with a defector, I think, I think they're doing well now, but at the time of the interview, they told me that they wanted to go back mm. to North Korea, which I think that in itself already points to how difficult the transition and adjustment processes. Uh, um, yes, I read um, Korean news articles fairly regularly, and I've read um, news articles where, and like as you said, like um, North Korean defectors do worry about not acc- acclimating and fitting into South Korean society, and also pondering the possibility of going back because it is so hard to to live in a completely different country where everything feels so alien and different to you like it's like the emo- like the emotional toll and the isolation is nothing to be understated and i think especially when you consider the economic times we living now and like the film i interestingly is enough it begins in the um, during the MERS outbreak. And I remembered when that happened, there was MERS and then there was H1N1. And then, of course, we are in what we call now um, the COVID pandemic. And each of those things kind of created a um, sense of isolation. And I can't imagine how much more that is for, 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 and I can't, no, I can't, I can't imagine how much more that is, um, how much more isolating that is for not only people who are immigrants, the defectors, or what have you, but for younger people struggling to find work. You know, that's the transition in our lives, which is hard going from high school, going from school and then into the world of work. No one prepares you for that. And the film does talk a lot about the struggles of working. And that's something that is relatable to anyone anywhere around the world, where is how to find financial stability, you know, like you're worried about pay, you're, you're worried about getting a job, you're worried about keeping that job, you're worried about having to compete with your co-workers, you know, you're worrying about pleasing your clients, you know, whether it's the tourists that she has to work with, whether it's the, um, if you're working in 
um, a store, like making sure you don't upset because you have to make sure you keep your job. And Hanyon's case, again, like she has to make sure that she doesn't cross the line into doing anything that could be a problem for her um, ethically and legally, because there's a, all these consequences. So I think you did such a fantastic job of showing life is hard. <laughs> life is hard for everyone. You know, even though so I know it's just like, yes, life is very hard. And you convey that very anything that is the the overall theme of the film that no matter where we come from, we all have the same struggles, you know, especially in a, capi- in a capitalist world. Mm. Uh, I'm就是 그래서 사실 뭐 어디서든 오든 이제 북한이든 어디든 간에 세계 어디서든 어 특히나 저희가 살고 있는 이런 자본주의 체제 속에서는 어 누구나 다 굉장히 공감할 수 있는 네. 주제가 아닌가 싶습니다. 맞아요. <웃음> 맞아요. <웃음> 그, 그 탈북민분도 말씀하셨던 게그 자본주의 체제의 적응이 그러니까 너무나 이 정치 체제가 완전히 다르잖아요. 음. 그거에 대한 적응의 어려움을 계속 얘기하셨어요. 음. 그러니까 북한에서 본 TV 속에 드라마 속에 남아 다잘 사는데 음. 그거를 꿈꾸고 정말로 그 얘기를 하시더라고요. 음. 다잘 모두가 잘살줄 알았는데. 그게 아닌 거죠. 이게 다 끊임없는 경쟁과 내가 어떻게 한 것만큼의 소득이라고 하는 것에서 계속 부딪히는 거죠. 이제 그런 자본주의 진짜 목숨 걸고 탈북을 했고 물론 제가 만나 20대 탈북민들은 그 교회를 통해서 탈북을 했기 때문에 안전하고 그런 착취 없이 잘 물론 당연히 힘들지만 그 강을 건너고 막 음. 생각하지 못하는 그 쉽지 않은 위험 속에 놓여 있는 건 맞는데 중국으로 넘어와서 와야 되니까 그 목숨 걸고 탈북을 했는데 그 과정에서 물론 성, 성착취라든가 그런 일도 겪으셨던 것 같은데 그거는 좀 얘기하고 싶지 않아 하시는 것 같, 같았어요. 음. 맞나? 그렇게 목숨을 걸고 왔는데 여기서 다잘 모두가 잘살줄 알았더니 너무나 힘든 자본주의 체제라. 이제 그 체제가 우리는 당연하게 받아들이고 남한 사람들은 그렇게 태어났지만 그렇지만 지금 이제 젊은 세대가 겪고 있는 지금 남한의 젊은 세대들도 
쉽지 않은 상황이 아까 말씀하신 대로 정, 뭐 시대적인 어떤 생각지 못한 변수들도 많이 발생을 하고 환경적인 문제들도 발생을 하고 있기 때문에 그게 이제 어느 방향으로 갈지 전혀 예측을 할수 없는 시대인 것 같아요. 이제. 그래서 계속 제가 남한 사회 젊은이들과 탈북민들 되게 견주어서 얘기하는데 그 이유는 이제 그 지금의 젊은 세대들은 어떻게 보면 더 관심이 없거든요. 탈북민들에 음. 대해서. 그렇기 때문에 뭐이 영화가 개봉주의 영화는 아니지만 음. 어, 비슷한 우리가 어떻게 보면 비슷한 처지에 있을 수 있어 라는 부분을 좀 얘기를 하고 싶었고 그게 말씀하신 대로 인류 보편적인 고민이기도 I think you really hit the nail on its head. I think even in my interviews, the resounding theme was that it was so hard to adjust to a capitalist system that they had never experienced before. Um, One person even mentioned that, you know, when she first was watching like South Korean TV dramas, she really was under the assumption that everyone lived really well and everyone was really super wealthy. Um, But one, and you know, they have, most of them have risked their lives to to come here um, in very, very risky situations, you know, like you mentioned, um, you know, sex slavery and all those things. And, you know, like they've all really risked things to, come here but what they are met with is endless competition and endless late stage capitalism and i think south koreans are used to that but also you really what you mentioned is very interesting because south koreans today are also bumping up against you know the flaws of a capitalist system right and there's so many you know and whether it's environmental or you know, whether it's capital, there's just so many factors that are rendering the system to be more and more unpredictable in this day and age. And I think one thing that I do want to think about is, in my opinion, I feel that younger South Koreans are, are more and more disinterested in the lives of North Koreans or North Korean defectors. And I think one thing that I potentially do want to say with this film is that we're all in in this together. We're all, you know, in this capitalist system together and both struggling together. And I think that is a universal struggle. Um, Yes, (laughs) Uh, we're all struggling with capitalism. But the interesting thing about you, you mentioned the Korean dramas. And that's something I love. I've been watching Korean dramas for years. But there is especially from Western audiences, particularly North American audiences, they have this fantasy idea of South Korea, you know, a lot of them aren't even familiar with the, the war in Korea and how that started up from the end of the Second World War and they are not even from the, the, Jap- the occupation of um, Korea by the Japanese and how that all played in the separation of North um, Korea from South Korea and how the American military even played an active part in the creating the separation. And so they're, they're not interested in learning about that history and how that ties in 
to the way a lot of these stories are written because they're they're more focused on like the rom-coms you know they want the fantasy of the perfect korean man you know wearing all these fashionable clothes the perfect korean woman and i'm like there are stories talking about the capitalism there are stories talking about work exploitation there are stories talking about mental health and how that's not a big concern for the Korean government and in Korean society. There are stories talking about um, ableism. And um, like recently I went, I actually went to South Korea. I was in um, South Korea from the end of April to the end, beginning of May. I was there for the Busan International Short Film Festival and the Jeonju Film Festival. And I, I took that as an opportunity to speak to South Koreans in particular about the um, the discussion of the reunification and I, and like what as you said, um, um, me, a lot of the younger generations aren't really concerned with that, and I think it has to do with the generation gap. You know, the older generations st- still think about it. It's, it's still such a big part of their psyche because it was such a traumatic experience, and many of them that are still alive still want to be connected to their families across the border. Whereas for the younger generations, it's more about capitalism, you know, like staying on trend, buying the latest gadgets, you know, wearing the, the latest fashions, you know, like American entertainment, all of these things. So I, I'm talking a bit about that, about the, the differences in how the older generations and the younger generations look at the, at the, the, culture of South Korea and how it interacts and not necessarily interests and how the they aren't be, they aren't really actively concerned with reunification because to them they were disconnected from it I'm sorry I'm, apologies as if that was a bit long I'm sorry it's okay <laughs> um I'll do my best sorry um, if you need me to repeat anything please feel free to ask me to yeah 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 그 한국 드라마 저도 많이 보는데 이제 서양 관객이 바라보는지 한국에 대해서 굉장히 판타지가 있는 것 같거든요. 그래서 사실 이제 그 외국 관객 같은 경우는 이제 한국 그 역사 자체에 대한 그렇게 큰 인식이 별로 없는 것 같고 이제 한국 전쟁이나 일제 강점기나 뭐 미국이 또 얼마나 분단에 영향을 미쳤는지 그런 것도 이제 모든 상황에서 많이 보는 것 같은데 어 사실. 그 이면을 잘못 보는 것 같아요. 그래서 제가 이번에 뭐 4월, 5월에 이제 전주 영화제랑 이제 같은 아. 영화제를 참석을 했었는데, 그때 이제 그 젊은 세대와 인터뷰를 좀 했었거든요. 통일에 대해서. 근데 그때에서, 그때 저도 이제 감독님 말씀하신 것처럼 이제 그냥 세대차라고 생각을, 음. 세대차로 그냥 많이 치부를 하는 것 같더라고요. 그래서 윗세대 같은 경우에는 아무래도 이제 전쟁을 경험한 세대, 거나 아니면 이제 전쟁과 가깝다 보니까 이제 통일을 계속 기원을 한다면은 이제 젊은 세대는 그보다는 뭔가 이 자본주의 체제에서 살아남는 그게 이제 더 급급한 게 느껴졌는데 그렇다면 이제 이 제가 인터뷰를 한 것처럼 이제 감독님도 그게 어떤 세대적인 어떤 차이 때문에 이런 서로 다른 이제 생각이 생겨난다고 생각하시는지 중요한 질문인 것 같아요. Important question. 네, 저도 흥미롭고 어. 네, 저는, 저 같은 경우는, 우리의 소원은 통일이라는 노래까지 부르며, 음. <웃음> 통일에 대해서 당연하게 생각하는 교육을 받은 세대고, 그렇지만 지금 젊은 세대들은, 어, 젊은 세대들이 지금 환경적으로 살아가기, 경제적으로 살아가기 되게 한국 사회가 힘든 사회고, 그런데다가 통일의 비용을 나만의 젊은이들이 부담해야 된다는 어떤 압박감을 음. 가지고 있어요. 음. 사실 그 통일의 비용이 우리 시대 때만 해도 저희 세대 때만 해도 그걸 많이 준비하자라는 이야기를 많이 했었거든요. 언론에서도. 근데 이제 지금 그런 이야기는 아예 하고 있지 않아요. 
정치적인 어떤 정권이 어떤 정권에 따라서 완전히 그 북한과의 관계에 대해서 완전 다르게 갑자기 급격히 변한다든지 이럴 정도로 어떠한 일관된 어떤 북한에 대한 어떤 태도나 이런 것도 갖고 있지 않은 상태일 정도로 그러다 보니까 그런 것들이 다 젊은 세대에게 영향을 미치고 있는 것 같아요. 언론에서 보도되거나 이런 상황. 그래서 젊은 세대들이 알아서 생각한 통일을 원치 않는다, 부담스럽다 이렇게만 생각하는 것이 아니라 남한 사회의 언론이라든가 정치적인 정치인들에 의한 태도에 의해서 그런 것들이 다 부정적으로 인식이 되고 있는 부분이 크다라고 생각을 하고 어, 그렇지만 이 영화를 제가 뭐 전주국제영화제에서 저도 상영을 처음으로 했었고 이런 상영 과정들을 겪으면서 젊은 세대들을 많이 만났는데 어 생각하지 못했던 이야기란 얘기를 많이 했었고 관심을 많이 가져야겠다는 이야기들을 또 하더라고요. 그래서 제가 봤을 때는 그런 언론 속에서 보도되는 것들이 굉장히 부정적으로 되고 있기 때문에 안 좋게 영향을 미치고 있는 것 같고 그렇기 때문에 제 영화를 떠나서 이런 이야기들이 계속해서 많이 만들어졌으면 좋겠다. 문화만이 조금 더 인식의 개선을 할수 있지 않을까라고 생각을 합니다. 네. Um... Yeah, it's really interesting what you what you said. Um, for me, like I grew up singing a song in which the title was "Our Wish Is Reunification." I was taught that, but I think the younger generation now, I think it's becoming harder and harder to live under this capitalist system, and um, I think they also feel burdened because they feel the costs of reunification will land on themselves. And even when I was growing up, there was a lot of dialogue about you know we need to prep. We need to make preparations for reunifications, but now I don't think that's really um, an an option right now. There's not a consistent plan for um, reunification, and I think I think the media coverage based on the political establishment is always inconsistent, and a lot of it is pretty negative. Um, but when I screened in Chunju, um, when the younger generations, they have come up to me and said, you know, like, I really feel like I should be more interested in this. And so because even if the media coverage is negative, um, considering um, reunification, I feel like the more we tell these stories and the more we do these, um, they need to be told in order for some sort of change to happen. Hmm. Uh, I I agree completely. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate talking to you. And I, re- I really enjoy the film. I honestly have more questions, but I know you have to go. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Bye, Carolyn. Thank you. Bye. Bye, have a good evening. You again. Thanks. Bye. I hope to get to speak to you again, too. <laughs> So everyone, that was another episode of Carolyn Toss, and today was joined by writer and director Kwakun Mi to talk about her feature film A Tour Guide, which had its US premiere at the 2023 New York Asian Film Festival. I appreciate um, Kwakun Mi taking the time to speak with me about the film. I have so many questions, but I really wanted to talk about the, I, the, the, the themes of isolation and loneliness, as well as talking about um, 
Korean society and like what the challenges that North Korean defectors face there. And I, and, and I think it was important to focus on that because we don't really have many films like this made and we especially don't really have many of them made from a female perspective and by a female director. And I, but I think we got a lot of ground covered in this interview. So I appreciate her taking the time. I appreciate the team and your Asian Film Festival um, setting, helping me set up this interview. Thank you, Jin. Um, and for our interpreter, Estelle, I think she did a terrific job. I always like to pay respects to the interpreters because interpreting is hard work, especially for interviews. Um, so I, again, I appreciate everyone taking um, setting up this interview. I appreciate um, Kwok Me for making this film because I think it's a very important film and I hope it does reach a wide audience and that it does, especially in the Korean um, society, both in um, South Korea as well as in North America and in other South Korean um, enclaves and communities around the world about the discussion of um, the emotional toll that defecting takes on people because that's some, like, while people talk about the political implications of it, like not, not many discussions talk about the emotional toll that this takes on um, the defectors and how integrating into Korean society can be extremely difficult for them and and also just living in the world that we live in is hard for everyone doesn't matter where you come from you know your background like life is hard and the film really does I think touch on that a lot and um and you you can I'm not sure where you'll be able to find this it'll probably be on streaming platforms eventually or in if it shows in your local theaters please go out and support it I know it's screening at the Lincoln Center for the film festival um and oh and um so i'll be doing other interviews for the festival for nyaff as well but um you can of course find the video version of this on my youtube channel that's at that's youtube slash at carolyn underscore heinz h-i-n-d-s and you can go on my twitter instagram um for links to that um my twitter handle and my instagram handle is the same as at Carry CNH12, that's C-R-I-E-C-N-H-12. You can go to my R3 page, that's A-U-T-H-O-R-Y.com slash Carolyn Hines to find links to this interview in both podcasts and um, and video format, as well as links to all of my published writing, interviews, film analysis, and what have you. And so until the next episode of Carolyn Talks, everyone, stay safe. Bye. Mm-hmm.